Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to our listeners joining us today. I'm Will Heisentruitt, and this is Sometimes Baseball. Per usual, I am joined by writer, journalist, editor, broadcaster, former communications and corporate communications intern, former distinguished video coordinator, and my good friend, co-host, David Bourne. How you doing, David? Will, I am very much looking forward to this episode. It has been way too long since I've had one of these conversations. <laughs> oh, yes. We're getting ready for it. And we have some great topics. And it's also a great topic because we have a third person with us. We got Coach Hunter Geisel, the lead filmer current play caller for the Duquesne Dukes football team, current classmate of mine in the NBA program. We got Hunter Geisel. How's it going, Hunter? What's up, guys? Finally uh, glad to be able to join the show and talk some shop with you two. It's been a, it's been a minute, and I'm excited to, to hit on all the topics that are going to be discussed today. Oh, yes. I am super excited for this. All right. We're going to run through our agenda here. So we're going to start off, as always, with the what you've been thinking. We're going to dive into some baseball history, ask a question there, give some takeaways from the seventh week of the season. And then we're really going to talk about Hunter's expertise. He is obviously a f- coach for an NCAA Division One team. We're going to get his thoughts and ideas on that, as well as the NFL season. And then we're going to bring it all home with the song lyric or movie quote of the day. And we also usually do trivia, but not this episode. But if any of our listeners have a fun Twitter story, they want us to talk about trivia that they think can stump David or our guests like Hunter, you can be a part of the show. All I have to do is reach out to us on either Instagram or TikTok. On Instagram, you can DM us at sometimesbaseball. And on TikTok, you can reach us at sometimes.baseball. Additionally, if you like our logo, head on over to teespring.com slash stores slash sometimes baseball. I'm sorry, David. Uh, if you don't like any of the current designs, you can reach out to our email, which is sometimes baseball at gmail.com. All right. What you been thinking? Hunter, kick us off. Well, I'll, I'll go first with the uh, – I'll start off my my squad, the New York Yankees. It's been pretty brutal to watch. I, I can't sit down and watch them because of all the stuff that's going on. Like every year it's like, oh, injuries, injuries, injuries. But, like, when is that going to stop? Like, especially with the shortened season, I thought they were going to, you know, come out and be healthy and finally, like, recover and make it through a, a season fully healthy. But, I mean, it's just – it's kind of brutal at this point. It's just, like, every year I feel like as a Yankees fan now, it's just like a ticking time on, on when that's going to explode. So, that's kind of tough. Yeah, yeah. The uh, Yankees are an interesting squad. I did just see that they brought back Aaron Judge today. They did, they did. So, and But I also saw a bunch of tweets from Yankees fans saying, you just can't wait for him to go back on the I.L. <laughs> yep, that's pretty much the story of their season right now. They are gearing up for the playoff spot. They will not have some of the starting pitching, which is going to be a factor this postseason because there's no off days. And that's going to be something that I'm sure is going to have a big effect on those teams with – weak depth so now like as i was talking on the personal podcast series the other day the mike minor deal to the oakland athletics is now like a big deal that means a lot to this for, for that team but yeah so yankees they thought this was the year and it still could be you never know yeah, true true there's a there's a there's some time left but i mean man it's there's not enough time like you gotta start to pick it up here a little bit all right, I'm not Dave. ready to count them out yet. I think the Yankees still got a lot of star power there, and they got a lot, a lot of pop in that lineup. I was high on the Yankees before they started, and I think they could figure it out. Um, you guys said Judge is back. I think Stanton and Torres might be as well, right? I know 
I think, yeah, they recently, I think, just came off. Yeah, um, I, th- I know Torres is back for a fact. And I think Stanton, if he's not back, he's close. But he'll probably be hurt again sometime soon. But, um, yeah, imagine, even wait, if Glaber could be half of what he was supposed to be, I think they should be in good shape. Imagine if uh, Gary Sanchez started hitting two. Yeah, that would be <laughs> sick. I think he's hitting like point one now or something like that. He has it, 16 hits this year. I, I won't count them out either, David, but it's just like – it's the fact that it's the same story every year. And then this was the year that they finally got their guy in Garrett Cole. And, you know, he's been, I mean, he's been excellent. It's just like, I mean, it's the same thing every year. And it's just, it's hard to watch sometimes, especially because they're such a good team. They have that much star, like, you know, power. And uh, that lineup's literally ridiculous when fully healthy, but it's just, you don't get to see that too often. And that's kind of a shame. Agreed. (laughs) Dave, what you been thinking? I pass, I think, three McDonald's on my way home from work, and it's taking me all of my strength to not try the Travis Scott burger. I know it's been sort of the running meme of late, but I feel like I got to try it. I'm a little embarrassed to pull up to the window and order it, but, I mean, it looks pretty decent. So uh, I think I'm going to check it out. David, can I ask you a question about that? If you do go and get it, are you going to say Cactus Jacks on you? I will definitely not. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take the passive approach. <laughs> I think I'm just gonna say one Travis Scott meal, please, and I'm gonna I'm gonna live with the shame it comes with, but I'm gonna enjoy that burger greatly. Oh gosh! Speaking of McDonald's, the other day I actually stopped on my way uh, one morning to go get something to eat. Hyped up for breakfast, right? 24 hour breakfast. I pull up to the drive-through. They said, "Yeah, we don't do 24 hour breakfast right now. Like we're we're done." I'm like, "Man, you're killing me." I was looking for that McGriddle, <laughs> man. Ain't no McGriddles there at all. Now I had to settle for like a fry and you know some small burger. I was pissed. I would be too. It's just you have your heart set on something, man, and you don't get it. It's it's brutal. Yeah, I was craving the uh, chicken biscuit that they have there, and I and I got it. And it, yeah, it just. Checked off all the boxes for me. But what is the Travis Scott burger? I've seen it, but I have no idea what that is. It sort of just looks like a quarter pounder with bacon, but um, it, I've never complained about one of those before. So. I think it has – I think it's uh, bacon, tomatoes, lettuce, and it has, like, mayonnaise, which they usually don't put on their burgers, I think. So, and then a little fry and a drink. I'm willing to find out. I like that commercial. Yeah. I see it comes with a spray. <laughs> it's a pretty ridiculous commercial. But. I'm going to go get it, so I'll have to review it on next week's episode. Yeah, we could do a whole draft of just McDonald's menu items. <laughs> I know Hunter would be a fan. I, I would. And speaking of you know fast food chains, I have insider reports that literally say Wendy's has surpassed McDonald's as the best breakfast, wow. and I'm excited to try it. I have to try it soon. I do pass a Wendy's on my way to work also, and I have gotten the Wendy's breakfast a couple times now. It, I think it's just all right, but I'm excited really? to hear your. <laughs> all right. I will have to try it out as a food enthusiast myself. <laughs> yeah, geez. maybe the chef putting a little more effort for this uh, insider info person. Yeah. <laughs> they knew they were doing uh, Yelp reviews out there. So. <laughs> all right, here's my thought. I am now all the way back into baseball cards, and I am texting David about it nonstop now. I'm sure he loves that. As a result, I purchased nearly 6,000 baseball cards, and they are coming in the mail as we speak. (laughs) They are all in unopened packs, ranging from the mid-1980s to 2018. And there's really two ways to go about baseball cards. I have chosen the path that involves gambling, in a sense, and David has has chosen the investor route. And I don't 
really know which is better. From my perspective, I can potentially get a rush from pulling out a super unique card, and then I can take the time to get it graded and have spent very little to receive quite a lot, um, as baseball cards are now exploding in value, kind of like digging for gold. From David's perspective, he is investing in players and cards he believes in. He doesn't have to gamble, though, in a sense, as he knows exactly what he's getting. But yeah, I don't know which is better. David, what's, uh, what are some pros from your side? Just to start off, I'm excited to see what you do with 6,000 baseball cards. <laughs> I don't think you're really understanding. Like, Because I, I asked you what you were going to do with them, and you said put them in a stack. Uh, that's going to be a massive stack. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you're mentally prepared for how many cards 6,000 baseball cards are. I, I hope you have a, a shoebox or eight but I think um, he's gonna sleep with them he's gonna yeah. have them right next he's gonna make his uh the sheets every morning with the cards spread out on <laughs> make a big quilt or something but yeah um well as you mentioned I've, I've sort of gotten back into cards as well i got a six so sanchez autographed rookie card the morning of his first start for a pretty good price the value is already about doubled so um I don't really like the the uh, the wax packs too much. You know, it's really fun when you rip them open and you get something. But uh, I I chose to go the safer route, and um, I usually just get single cards. So I've got a, a pretty decent collection going, and we're gonna see if we can grow it. I I, I should go to that way that way, but I, I think it's a fun start. You know, six thousand cards. I'm I'm worried you're gonna get six thousand cards, and about five thousand and nine hundred and ninety of them are gonna be just cardboard that's taking up space in your house somewhere. Oh, I I, I am too. I'm thinking that as well. Um, <laughs> but it's it's it it could be fun. I don't know. Some history too. I could open them up on here on the show. Uh, you're gonna have enough packs to. <laughs> <laughs> Might get a, you might get a year's worth of a show show segments out of the dang cards you got, man. You're not kidding. Oh, geez. But yeah, so I'm thinking I'm I have a big plastic bin here that's basically empty. So yeah, I think I can use that, and then just throw it off a cliff, um, <laughs> or burn them. I don't know uh, to get rid of them. I don't know. Are we good to move on? <laughs> I think so. All right. Today in baseball history, September 16th, 1968. One day after seeing their team mathematically eliminated, Candlestick Park's patrons show up in record numbers. The smallest crowd to see a game since the team moved to San Francisco in 1958. We are, of course, referring to the San Francisco Giants, a gathering of only 2,361 the smallest in their history, was on hand and witnessed the rare sight of Willie Mays engaged in a shouting match with two spectators. Mays, in fact, had to be restrained from charging into the stands to confront the two hecklers, Air Force ser sergeants dressed in civilian clothes. Nice catch, Willie. They jeered from the front row after Mays made a spectacular catch in the fourth. For a $100,000 bum, you're finally earning your money. <laughs> Mays was approaching the dugout in the middle of the fourth when he went after the two men. He was intercepted by Bobby Bonds and their manager, and the sergeants were ejected from the park. So this is kind of what we're missing this year. We're missing the jeers from the fans, more interested in grabbing the attention from major leaguers than is what is actually going on in the field. <laughs> Do you guys have any favorite moments of fans messing with players to try and get their attention? I, I got a Phillies one, actually, that I remember. I think it's pretty funny. I think it was last year. It might have been two years ago. It might have been his first year – I forget, they were struggling for a little bit. And I remember the guy in the front row was just, he was dogging Bryce Harper for not hitting well. 
and they ended up he he it was they were in the bottom of the ninth they were up they were down by three and I think they had a one or two outs and he just cranked a grand slam and walked around and gave him like a little tip of the cap I think that might have been one of the coolest ones I've ever seen but I I certainly miss the interactions with fans because I think it's so funny how you're making in millions of dollars, but you're going to let some bum who paid 15 <laughs> bucks ruin your entire game just by calling you out on your on your stuff or being in the slump or something. That's a good, that's a good take, yeah. I have one of – me and David, I think, were at this game. It was the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Texas Rangers. Uh, we were out in right field trying to catch Joey Gallo's 100th home run because that's what we did uh, last year with nothing else to do. <laughs> but – Hunter Pence was playing right field and this one fan was getting on his case and then Hunter ended up hitting a home run and the next inning fan is yelling at him uh he's like hey Hunter come to Pittsburgh we won't pay you and the weather sucks (laughs) David do you remember that one (laughs) yes I do I I knew you were going to mention that as soon as um as soon as this topic was brought about because I knew you were a a huge fan fan of that quote and I, I can just see from the way you're laughing about it right now that you still are <laughs> it's <was> so funny <laughs> i think it was raining or about to be um but yeah uh they will not pay you anything and the weather does suck in pittsburgh so, that's true um, <laughs> worst part about it Jeez, david do you have any specific memories i'm a huge like mess with the players guy i think that's a really fun time and sometimes like you can get a response out of them but um Last year, one of the uh, Pirates-Nationals games we went to came down to the wire, and uh, Felipe Vasquez was pitching. We were surrounded by Nats fans, so I was just being annoying because the Pirates were winning, and I was, uh, you know, causing a commotion. (laughs) In the last inning of the game, Howie Kendrick, I think was actually the last out, was batting, and Felipe Vasquez's nickname was the Nightmare. So to round out my night, I yelled, Howie Kendrick doesn't want none of the nightmare. And on the ensuing pitch, he hit a fly ball about 404 feet to center field, but Starling Marte (laughs) made a game-saving catch and also saved me the shame of being that guy. So (laughs) credit to Starling Marte for bailing me out on that one. I do remember that, and I remember as soon as he hit that ball, your face was like white. You're like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) It was a shot. How he got all of it and then some. uh, Marte made like a jumping catch at the warning track in order to pull it in, and it was the, uh, the last out of the game. Yeah, I think the winds coming in from the Allegheny knocked it down or something because that ball was gone. That was <laughs> it gone. It was crushed. <laughs> oh, geez. I remember uh, another time my family, we went to the old Yankee Stadium, 2008, before it was about to close. And uh, so, like, the tickets were selling like crazy. And so we could only get tickets in, like, the right field, like, as high as you could get. And there was, like, this group of fans. It was about the seventh inning, so there was uh, some alcohol involved, some beers. But they all, they all started uh, just shout, just shouting at Bobby Abreu, <laughs> and they were going like three, two, one, Bobby. <laughs> and on the third one, he looked up, and the cheer that was let out from the entirety of right field, I, it, I was surprised the stadium didn't fall down. Like it was. There's some other good ones out there too. I think one of the things you'll miss this year, especially in the playoffs, is just like the atmosphere, everyone being around. Those, when you're when you have home field advantage, I really do think it plays a large part. Like just you know, obviously being in Pittsburgh, 
throw it back a couple of years when they were wild card in a wild uh, wild card game against Cueto, and they were just yelling Cueto, and he dropped the ball, and they just let him have it. I mean, like like that's one of the coolest memories, and I know everyone out here like remembers that like it was yesterday. I think that's something you'll miss. But I'm definitely big high on. I'm with you, David. I'm definitely high on heckling the players, seeing as how I've done that numerous times as well. Some hits where I've gotten some bad performances and then some where they've just shut me up. So <laughs> I'm on both ends. I think it's uh, part of the fun, you know, like as long as you're not one of those guys who gets really personal about it and you yeah. know, takes it to the next level. Like I think if, if you can sort of joke about it in the way you go about it and the players acknowledge that as well, it's fun for both sides. I'm sure in a way they enjoy it too. Like if I was yelling at Howie Kendrick and then he hit a 400, you know, 15 foot shot, I'm sure he would have got a kick out of it also. So um <laughs> I, I miss it, man. I would do anything to be back in the stadium. Yeah, he definitely heard you because there was nobody there. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Hunter made a good point. We are missing out on playoff explosions from the fans. Oh, my gosh. Some of the best moments are when the, they transition to, like, the camera and the camera's just shaking because of how loud it is. Remember the uh, Rajay Davis homer off for all of his Chapman? Oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. That was one of the loudest things I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> that was insane. That entire game was nuts. Yeah, you could do a whole draft of just World Series Game 7 2016 moments. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. But, yeah, definitely missing out on it. Uh, it can be a lot of fun. Um, some fans can take it too far, and that's when they should be removed from the stadium. <laughs> I, I just thought that was funny because Willie Mays charged into the stadium. I was about to. And then Bobby Bonds stepped in. Anyway, now it's time for our takeaways from the seventh week of the baseball season. I'll go first. Freddie Freeman is hitting like the MVP I thought he was going to be at the beginning of the season. He's my MVP pick, and this man is on fire. In his last 29 games, he has recorded hits in 28 of them. He is 45 for 109, which comes out to a 413 average. He has eight homers, 13 doubles, and he has 13 strikeouts versus 22 walks and seven intentional walks. His on-base percentage in that time is 519, slugging 752. OPS, 1271. He also has driven in 34 and scored 27. He's got Acuna hitting in front of him, so he's going to keep driving him in. But, yeah, Freddie Freeman is raking. He's somebody that doesn't get a lot of attention as well. Um, Freddie Freeman is consistently good. He tears up the Phillies every single time they play him. And just overall, you can pretty much bank on the guy that hit above 300. He's going to hit a pretty stupid amount of home runs as well. And he, he seems pretty funny. The When he was mic'd up in the preseason game early, I think we've mentioned oh, yeah. that a couple times in the podcast now, but it's worth it because it was a hilarious moment. Yeah, so um, good for him, man. That Braves lineup is, is absolutely just a different breed, and uh, he's a big part of it. And with Ozzie Albee starting to heat up too. Yeah, uh, Freeman, I feel like he's been there forever, and he's been been through some lows, but also been through some highs. I mean, he's definitely, like, in the last couple of years, I thought gained more attention than he has, which is good for him. I think he's just he, – he's a great person, too. I actually saw on Twitter he, he posted some picture. He flew back from their last game to go to his son's T-ball practice and was, like, <laughs> yelling at the coach from the stands on, like, pointers and stuff. So I think he's just a good he, – like, that That to me, that's funny, and I think that's how you get recognized on Twitter too. But, now he, I mean, he's killing it. Uh, the Bra- I know the Braves are hot. Uh, I, don't, I haven't followed baseball as much as you guys, but I know they've been on a terror lately. Yeah. Fre- Freddie for uh, MVP and for mayor, um, apparently. Uh, David, what's your takeaway? 
I've got a different player. I'm picking a pitcher out of Milwaukee. Corbin Burns is absolutely dealing, and um, you could even say he's red hot. But um, uh, anyways, his last four starts, Corbin has gone 23 and two-thirds innings, allowed only 12 hits, given up one earned run in that time frame, and has 38 strikeouts. Wow. So he was a pretty highly regarded prospect when he came up, I guess only like a year or two ago, but he didn't make too much noise, but he is surely making an impact now. The Brewers are not completely out of it yet. They're a couple games behind, but anything can happen in this short season. Still got about 12, 13 games left, and Corbin Burns will be a big part of any run they make over these last two weeks. Yeah, he's very highly regarded uh, in that locker room. I know that for sure. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of teams in the NL Central starting to make a run in that last playoff spot. <laughs> the Reds yeah, are, the Reds on are heating fire. up, too. Uh, Castillo is pitching really well. It's it's getting fun in that division. Oh, for sure. I'm I'm excited for it. Pirates, I think they've lost seven in a row, but that's all right. Uh, yeah. Tanking. Uh, classic. <laughs> uh, Hunter, do you have a takeaway for us? Uh, yeah, I haven't been following baseball as much, but I think my favorite player this season f- so far, um, and I know he's been pitching pretty well, I ha- I have to go with Trevor Bauer. He just doesn't, like, give one absolute about anyone and what anyone thinks, and I absolutely love it. Like, I think it's bringing excitement to baseball, and people are, you know, gaining that interest in it. Um, I know it's kind of tough to, to really be as, as invested as people usually are just because you can't be at the games and be interactive and involved. But he's been killing it this year. I love his memo. He's not backing down from anyone, especially the commissioner. I love his, his uh, customized cleats and how he's, like, releasing, like, a picture like oh look look for what's cut what's to come for the for the game um and not showing you the picture because i know that was an issue the first time he did that but uh that guy's that guy's had it he's on a tear this season and uh, he's been my favorite player to watch so far this year yeah that guy is dealing i think uh my all-time favorite trevor bauer quote is i'm good at two things throwing baseballs and pissing people off <laughs> because uh, that's, it's pretty true he's He's not afraid to um, to say what he thinks, like you had mentioned, Hunter. And he's a weird dude, but I like how he sort of made that his thing. Just like, you know, yeah. the nerdy guy who doesn't really care. He's just going to be him. He's going to do exactly what he wants to do, and he's going to strike you out right after he does it. Yep. Yeah, I've been on the Trevor Bauer train for a while, as people know, and now he's starting to be good. And so, yeah, I like him. I've always he just him. keeps it real, man. I, I like I like that. You know, He's the only one that says anything on his mind. Yeah, literally. <laughs> All right, now we're going to move on to the sometimes part of the sometimes baseball name, and this is where we're going to get Hunter's expertise on football. So the NFL j- season just started, and as of today, the Big Ten is also coming back. And so Hunter is, I guess, the resident expert for football. <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> um, yeah, so we've gotten the experiences of an NCAA baseball player, but I think it's a bit different for NCAA football. So what has been your experience? How was spring ball? How did that work? And then, um, yeah, I guess from there. So, yeah, it's it's very – it's it's different for sure uh, this season. I was hoping that we got to play this fall. Um, unfortunately, that's not going to be the case. It's looking more and more as if we're going to play in the spring. Obviously, COVID struck right around March, so we didn't get to usually have our spring practices that were allowed. So that's kind of what mode we're in right now, um, just like half an hour, 45-minute practices, keeping real light and short, um, trying to get everyone back into shape. Uh, as much as you want to think some of these kids were 
taking advantage of the time. Some, some did not. Um, so there's always a few stragglers, but, uh, it's been weird, man. Like, I don't know how recruiting is going to work. Like you can't have anyone visit campus and pers from a personal standpoint, I don't know if I could have gone to school somewhere with actually without being on the campus and touring it. So, and I don't know when that dead period is going to be lifted. Um, I'm sure some schools will find a way around it. Um, maybe through academic tours and things like that, but, uh, that, that's going to be a difference. Um, everyone, they're just throwing out medical red shirt, whatever you want to call it. They're making up different waivers and all this stuff for everyone to basically get another year. I mean, I mean, that was already, you know, came out. Everyone is basically whether they play 12 games or they play four this year, everyone gets a free year. So, uh, I mean, that's great for the student athletes because I mean, you get to go to school for an extra year and, you had another year of eligibility. So it's, it's weird. I, I'm hoping we'll get a, we'll get a spring season. I know uh, as far as the FCS level, uh, which is what Duquesne's at, I uh, heard some, some middle February, late February starts um, with a shortened playoff, I think eight to 16 teams, something like that. Um, but as far as like, you know, power five schools, it's great to see the big 10 back being a Penn state fan myself, excited to watch the Nittany Lions. Cause Otherwise, this can be pretty boring fall for me. But I think it's cool what's going on right now. I know everyone's trying to do their best and and keeping like socially distance and or you know they have thousands of tests going through every week. And I think you know everything's changed, but people are getting the job done. I haven't heard any bad you know news yet from those teams that have played. But so far, it looks like it's working, and I hope it continues because I don't know how long this thing's gonna last. So, do you know like how the FBS is gonna work? Because Big Ten is starting later, so how is that going to work within in terms of like rankings or whatnot? So uh, I think to deal with that is is teams have already or not teams conferences have already built in weeks in which they can f be flexible with their scheduling. Okay. So I know the ACC and the SEC and the Big Twelve, I believe all three are have built in one to two weeks in which they can push back their season and conference championship game in as taking a precaution to if they were to get a wide outbreak or someone some type of postponement or cancellation. Um, the big 10, they, <laughs> it's going to be close. Like, I mean, they're right now on target to hit their championship game conference championship right before the selection committee. So the, I mean, they're right on target for making the college football playoff, but all it's going to take is one slip up and it things could get wild. I will say this, if the big 10 does play this fall and for some reason would get delayed and not be able to play in the college football playoff, I'm not sure the power five schools are going to be in agreement with that. I think you're going to see a lot of people upset as well as a lot of fans. And my biggest takeaway from this whole thing is also been, I think it's a perfect opportunity. I know this has been a rumor going around the college world for a while, but I wouldn't be surprised if after all this and the dust settles and you see how all this stuff happens, if the power five just doesn't look at themselves and say, look, we don't need the NCAA. We're going to go off and do our own thing. Um, I'm not sure how the, all that would work, but I know that is definitely is something that has picked up traction um, and we'll see how that works. But um, I don't know, man. It, I mean, I hope everything works out and I hope there's college football playoff, but, um, I'm just taking a week by week and I'm enjoying every second because I've missed football a lot. I am so happy right now. It's like Christmas morning for me, man. I'm so excited for this upcoming weekend. There's lots of good games on. I'm excited for Penn State football to be back too. 
I'm excited for the Big Ten to be back just because the rankings can be somewhat normal again. I woke up uh, earlier this week and saw that Pitt was ranked 25th. <laughs> and yep, yep, yep. Pitt has a decent team this season. Uh, I, I paid a lot of attention to them over the last four years just because I was in such close proximity to that program. But they're not the 25th best team in the country. And um, I agree with you, David. I you know, I, I think – if they are to be ranked later in the year when those Big Ten teams are playing, it'll mean so much more than it means now. Right now, I feel like it's, you know, it's not that big of an accomplishment. But if those guys can grind it out later in the year, it will be. But, um, yeah, overall, it's a pretty interesting thought about the Power Five just sort of splitting off and moving in their own direction. I would be interested to see what really prompts that or how it would go. But like you said, I'm just glad it's back, man. I was watching like Army versus Mid-Tennessee State last weekend or something <laughs> like that. And it like obviously not the best game around. And the score was so lopsided. But just hearing the band and watching college football again felt great. Yeah, geez. I also saw fans in some instances. How is that working? That, so that's all based upon your state because even with the NFL, I mean, you're allowed a certain amount of fans. I know some college athletic departments have been more strict on that um, because you're not dealing with people who are playing for money. You're dealing with student athletes who are still you know, committed to the university. So I think it, they're taking a little bit more you know, precautious approach in their uh, – in their aspect of how they're going to handle that situation. But I, I mean, I don't have a problem with fans being at the game. I just want to make sure that like, obviously the health and safety and you, you want to make sure they're, if you're going to play a season, I, I'm putting 110% effort into it. And I don't want to see just because we allow a hundred, a thousand, 10,000 people in, if someone were to be dumb enough to walk in there with symptoms, give that potential student athlete a, you know, a COVID case, and then they just screw the whole thing up. That to me, that's not worth it. Um, but hopefully, that that doesn't happen, and that's not the case. But um, it's cool to see some fans. I, I'm not a big fan of the artificial noise, like on the games, because <laughs> um, I actually I actually enjoy the aspect of hearing like the the calls and the you know quarterback changes play at the line, audible, and the defenses you know shift schemes and all that stuff. That I mean, that's just the coaching side of me. I like that, but I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, that was something I thought we were going to get a lot more of this year. But the fake crowd noise kind of just cancels all that out. So it kind of just it, – it takes away from the viewership, I guess, of it because, like, you can't get anything extra and you know what you're listening to is just fake. So Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. Like, yeah. but Anyway, I see you have some NFL takeaways. I do, I do. I, I was I, – I'm not going to lie. This is probably the first Sunday in a while – especially in college because I just haven't had that much time, that I've sat down and watched every game from start to finish, and it was great. It, I mean, I had all types of, you know, outlooks on the season. I got a couple fantasy teams, so I was watching my guys. But I'll have to give a shout-out to my roommate, Zach, as far as some of the teams that I have here listed um, as my takeaways from week one. But my biggest standout is definitely the Arizona Cardinals. They went in and they beat the San Francisco 49ers in a pretty reasonable fashion. And I was never that high on the, uh, the Cardinals going in this year, but I know my roommate was. Um, so I'll have to give a shout out to him for that prediction. Uh, but DeAndre Hopkins, that addition of him to that team is unreal. I mean, he had four, I mean, I hadn't been fantasy. So it's a great week for me. I mean, he had 14 <laughs> catches career high for 150 yards. Um, and he had a touchdown that was called back. So he lit it up as far as a Pittsburgh fan and, you know, being in the city, it was great to see Big Ben back out there, even though he looked like he was 50 moving around 
and he needs some like you know medicine to be shot in his joints so he can actually move <laughs> he actually was quoted today saying he felt like he got into a car accident <laughs> so i mean i hope he i hope he feels a little bit better next week but i mean they i mean the giants are just terrible so i didn't expect that to be a game Tom Brady in a Bucks uniform is weird to see, but I think they'll be okay. He just had a really bad game, and I mean, you'll have that every once in a while. I mean, through two picks and a pick six, that's and they they only lost by nine. Uh, I believe it was nine, so that's not terrible for throwing two picks. Joe Burrow looked good. He had a chance to win the game. The kicker shanked it and pulled his hamstring at the <laughs> same time. So, but <laughs> as my final note for my takeaways uh, takeaways for Week One for the NFL, I will say. My sleeper team this year in the NFL to win the Super Bowl, and I know they're still good, but I don't. I think people are counting them out because they're in such a good division. My team, I'm wrong. I'm rolling with the Seahawks, baby. I'm a big Russell Wilson guy. I think DK Metcalf's going to have a huge sophomore year. They're going to get Josh Gordon back at some point. I know they talked about signing Antonio Brown, but he's a bum, so I care less about that. But uh, I, th- I think the the thing with them is is. They need to improve their offense line, which I think they've taken those steps to get it to where they need it to be to protect Russell Wilson. But they just need running backs to stay healthy, man. I mean, they have some good running backs, but they always get hurt. But um, And they also have Tyler Lockett, who, I mean, he's a, he's a vertical threat. So that's my sleeper team for the NFL this year. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I'm, I am a fan of the Washington football team, as they are now known. And um, so what do you think of their uh, first week? They – came back from a 17-point deficit. Uh, they recorded eight sacks, a couple fumbles, like a couple turnovers. Well, I'm biased because I'm a <laughs> Penn State fan, so I hate Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> so And Chase Young. And Chase Young, too. Yes, they both ruined my life a few, very, uh, variety of different times. But, no, they look good. I mean, I don't know whether it was them looking better or the Eagles just playing so terribly, but I do. I was very surprised at some of the things Haskins was able to do um, in terms of staying stand in the pocket and be able to deliver the ball downfield. I know the running back situation was a little funky after Darius Geis got into his sticky situation, um, but I, I think their defense is legit. I think they've always been legit. And just adding Chase Young, who is a sack machine, and he was a, he was a force to be reckoned with right off the bat. So. I, I actually I, I think they'll be okay. They just it, it it's tough to win in the NFC, especially in the NFC East. So we'll see how that works out. But uh, good good week one performance for sure. David, any thoughts on the NFL season? Number one, coach, that was all very insightful. Thank you for that. But um, I know this does not apply to you two nerds since you're two and uh, still in school. But <laughs> this Sunday was the first time in my life where I got to spend the entire day watching football and didn't have to worry about spending the entire night doing homework. And man, oh man, what a feeling of freedom that was. I was sitting there watching the 430 games just feeling like I had an essay or something to write. But guess who didn't? Me. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, like, it's just... You don't even understand how good it feels. Maybe you guys will get there one day, but for the time being, uh, keep turning those assignments in. Thank, thanks for that, David. I really appreciate that. <laughs> this time next year, I'll, I'll be there with you, David. Planner will still be in I'll, I'll still have one semester left, but I'm getting there, man. You know what? I, I did think about that in the back of my mind. I was like, oh, maybe I should just drop out now. Like, you know, <laughs> I would have all my Sundays free to watch a lot more football if I did, but. It's it's a really weird feeling because just for so many years I would you know I would watch football for five six hours and then immediately start doing homework for the next five six hours. But 
Don't have to worry about it anymore. Great feeling for sure, man. I cannot wait. All right. So as some of you may or may not know, the three of us, Hunter, David, and I, all work together for the 2018 Duquesne Dukes football team. And so we thought it would be kind of fun to just kind of reminisce and look back at some funny moments or just moments we thought overall that uh, we kind of enjoyed. So, uh, Hunter, take it away. I mean, I can just imagine that you two are going to get this right off the bat. It doesn't even come close. By far, easiest pick I've ever had to make in my life. 2018, I think it was November, in New York, actually New Jersey, Wagner, playing Wagner Seahawks. We decided to go to a Brooklyn Nets game at the last minute. Sitting there, called the Uber, right? We're leaving the hotel. I'm rocking a Celtics jersey, only guy wearing a jersey. These guys were rocking Duquesne gear. We hop into our Uber, and he said, we, we said, we have to catch a train. And I think it was like 12, 15 minutes. It was going to cut it very close. And he looked us dead in the eyes and goes, I will get you there. Like, it was just like his sole mission and purpose of life was to get us to right through New Jersey. I mean, traffic, five lanes of hot, like it, all craziness. And I've never, <laughs> also at first, the first time I've ever seen someone put a car in reverse on a highway <laughs> to then <laughs> – pull out in the middle of an intersection to then turn around. And then he, pers- whoa, whoa, whoa. he prefaced that by saying, boys never do this. Yes. And then while we are streaking towards the subway was weaving in and out of the oncoming traffic going the other direction at 80 miles per hour. The speed limit had to have been like 40, 45. He was going twice the speed limit, weaving in and out. Cutting people off just to make sure these Duquesne filmers got to that Brooklyn Nets game train on time. And I will tell you what, I don't know if I could do it ever again because I thought I was going to die. And I've never heard Trout laugh before in his life. I thought he was going to cry. I was crying. But that, by far, easiest pick, number one moment, never forget it. I'm crying now just thinking of it. Yeah, um... I think that was going to be the clear-cut number one pick for everybody. I had the pleasure of being in the front seat while all of that was going on, and I was trying to hold a normal conversation with this guy about his kids as he was putting our lives in jeopardy. And um, I remember texting you guys and saying, like, are you guys paying attention to what exactly is going on here? Because as Hunter mentioned, we were in oncoming traffic lanes, (laughs) weaving in and out. But – in that guy's defense, where did we get pretty much on time? The oh, basketball right on. game. We, we caught the train. We got there, I think, like two or three minutes into the game. And uh, I left him a big tip because he nearly killed us all. But we got there, and we got a story to tell out of it also. He did a damn, damn fine job of making sure we got there on time. That's for <laughs> sure. Yeah, I remember uh, several text messages from that. Uh, the first one I sent, and it was to my girlfriend saying, I'm probably going to (laughs) die with no context. Uh, And then the second one was one that I received from David telling me to stop effing laughing. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But, oh geez. Yeah. I was sitting on the driver's side right behind him. And then (laughs) talking about the going into oncoming traffic, we're at a big light. Uh, We're probably about, 15 cars behind the red light and I guess he saw the thing that said like oh crosswalk only has this much time left 
because I saw him poking his head out, poking his head out, poking his head out, and he's like, all right. He whips it into the other side of the road and just floors it. Meanwhile, the light is red. The light is red, and he there's no stopping him. <laughs> and miraculously, the thing turns green, and we fly through it right as cars are about to hit us. I, I don't know. I've never experienced anything like it. I will never want to experience anything like it ever again. A roller coaster means nothing to me. <laughs> that was the ride of my life. Um, <laughs> that guy could have lost though. Five star ride though. <laughs> five star. Yeah, I left him five star. He laid it all on the line to make <laughs> to New York on time. Wasn't he also driving like a sixty thousand dollar car? It, like it was new. a really nice car, yeah, but brand he did new. not care. He wanted to make sure we got to that game on time, and we did. And we saw a good game. It was the, the Brooklyn Nets and the Houston Rockets. Carmelo yeah. Anthony was playing. Uh, James yeah, Harden took the night 30. off, of course, but Chris Paul had a good game. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was a good time. That was sick. Oh, jeez. Our trip to South Dakota for the <laughs> FCS playoff game. That was on my list, too. <laughs> um, so, number one – the entire state of South Dakota is just awful. Uh, I, I will never be returning. I, I said that once before. <laughs> yeah, Hunter had to go twice. twice. Yeah, and during the game, a blizzard happened, and I was just getting frozen on the field. And I arguably the worst part of our trip to South Dakota was that after the game, we go to the airport, we get ready to get on the plane, and the water tank on the frame on the plane was frozen. So we had to sit on the runway for about two hours on this tiny plane as the water tank was defrosting. My phone died. I was squeezed in. Uh, just not a great experience in South Dakota. I remember your favorite memory is sitting next to the uh, defensive coordinator. <laughs> Yeah, he was not happy that I sat next to him. Um, good guy overall. I'll take the blame for that one. But he was not thrilled with my decision. I will say, I think we got – South Dakota was not a good trip for any of us. It was very harsh towards the film crew because we also went to our hotel room and it was 99 degrees. <laughs> and I walked in. I said, what the heck? So I tried to turn it down, and then we proceeded to come down to your room for like two hours. And I went back; it was still ninety-nine degrees. I was like, "Like, I get if you're trying to sweat us out, but I'm a filmer. I ain't playing tomorrow, man. Like, come, let me you know, cut me loose, cut me a break." So then we had to switch rooms. Oh, yeah, and I uh, had the pleasure of filming roughly a hundred feet in the air with the wind blowing directly into my face. So by the end of the game. <laughs> I had the opening to the thing uh, where I could stick my camera out. I had that about 80% closed so just the camera lens could be sticking out. <laughs> um, I had to borrow somebody's jacket because the one I had probably would have left me dead by the end of the game or with some kind of disease or hypotherapy. I don't know, something bad. But yeah, that was one of the coldest experiences I've ever been. And now that's the second time we've referenced that on this podcast. I think that should be the last time. Because, <laughs> yeah, that experience was horrendous. Oh, <laughs> passing out those Chick-fil-A sandwiches after that game were, was awful, man. My hands were frozen. <laughs> I, I just tossed them like this. So I couldn't even feel my fingers at that point. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to talk about spring ball after the season. So 
nothing was worse than getting the text for the schedule the next day and finding out the next practice was at like 6 a.m. or something. Because <laughs> the season was over. We no longer wanted to be there. And I never understood the point of why we had to be there. <laughs> um, but yeah, spring ball was zero fun because I already knew I was not going to be there the next season. And yeah, just we had new filmers tr- joining the team, teaching him, but also him learning nothing. Uh, <laughs> this is true. I, I, I just didn't want to be there anymore. <laughs> it was so cold. That's what my go-to was, too. That yeah. spring was freezing, man. It was miserable. That was the worst part by far. That was the same year. I'm pretty sure we got off two days of class because it was like negative, like, 10. Yes, like, it was. that was that spring. Yeah, I think it was, like, in the negative 20s. Yes, that was vortex. that spring. Yeah. Jeez. That was terrible, dude. We were out there in freezing cold weather, like more, mostly you, David, uh, not, you know, we'll keep it real here. Mostly David. Yeah. And nothing was worse than finding out like the film didn't work or something. So we had to go back <laughs> to fix the film. On the way back from New York, you guys did a great job of uploading the film while we were on the buses. But when we got back to the football office at around 2.30 in the morning, we realized the film did not upload properly. So we had to stay there until the crack of dawn to re-upload the film. I had six Chick-fil-A sandwiches that day because they were just sitting in the uh, the coach's office and I was so hungry. And um, just a miserable experience. After... A game, being on the bus from New York for like, what, seven, eight hours on the way back, and then having to get back so late at night and upload the film again was uh, not ideal. Two things about that trip, David. Number one, I also stole about 12 cookies from those Chick-fil-A boxes (laughs) and brought them back up to my room. Second thing is, that game was awful because there were literally like 40-mile-per-hour winds like that day. Mm -hmm. That was terrible. It was like hitting your face. Oh, that was, yeah, that was, that was all. I was tasked with being on a lift (laughs) uh, for those games, you know, the ones that like go straight up on construction sites. And uh, since the winds were 40 to 50 miles an hour, uh, we did not go up that lift. (laughs) And I got chewed out pretty good by the coaching staff because they were upset that I would not put my life in peril to get a better shot of these plays. (laughs) Oh, dude. I think that was also the game where I broke the camera, the, the stand, because <laughs> I put it up and then we went to go sh- for shelter because it was so cold. <laughs> we were literally hiding in the box van at halftime because we were so cold. We were passing around hot hands. But yeah, when I came back out, the camera had fallen over in it and the base had busted. So yeah, I kind of, but I kept that under wraps. And then by the time spring ball rolled around, spring ball rolled around i'm like oh my gosh what happened to the camera <laughs> so that's what happened thanks yeah uh, uh, but yeah i kept it quiet until then but yes good pick hunter your last pick uh last pick um let's let's think here i'd have to say i think it was a different night i think we played robert morris at night that year or it was maybe our second game at night um and the film also took a little bit while uh you know, a little longer than usual. And I remember we were the last one in 
last last three people went there and we were just playing music and taking like <laughs> stupid videos of each other they're like dancing and stuff and I, like those nights i'll never forget because they're just fun like hanging out with you guys like after hours like in a division one football office like just chilling just us three like we like own the own the joint but um that that'd probably be my my one of my better moments and favorite moments uh, of the film crew i will say i've never had more fun for something I never want to do again. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very good way to, that's arguably the best way to put it. Yeah, because the three of us just had a blast. David recently sent me a picture of the two of us on game day, just hanging out before the game. Game day is an Excel for an experience because we were also tasked with doing things we were not supposed to be doing. <laughs> David got put on ball duty for a lot of that. <laughs> And at one point, didn't you have a head coach yelling at you, David? Yeah. <laughs> that, that's going to be my next memory. We played one game against Bryant University. I'm not even going to hide names here because this was just the most ridiculous experience I had working for the football team. And it was like a torrential downpour. It was raining so hard, the game got delayed. As I was on the sideline at one point, I couldn't see because water was dripping into my face at such an extreme rate. And um, I was just soaked. It felt like I stepped in the shower with all of my clothes on and then walked out. But um, as you had mentioned, I was the ball boy on the opposing team sideline. And I was given one towel to protect the balls during this monsoon. And um, of course, the balls got wet. And um, I went to do something, toss the ball in or something like that. And the head coach from Bryant, who resigned after the season, I'm not sure what his name was, but um, he looked me dead in the eye and he said, why are the footballs wet? Now, mind you, this was in the middle of like a torrential downpour, like I said. And I said, because it's raining. And he said, but you have a towel. And I, I, I was not getting paid enough to have this grown man yell at me about the footballs getting wet in the middle of a torrential downpour. And he kept at it throughout the entire game. He was just getting on me. I can't believe those footballs were wet earlier. This, that, and the other. And I was like, dude, I'm literally getting paid $20 a game to be here. Like, I don't know what you wanted me to do. Give me something better to protect the footballs then. Because I got an earful from that Bryant head football coach the entire game. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, they – I think he was also well, – didn't they win that game? Yes. Uh, but, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We did so, lose. I don't know what he was upset about, but <laughs> – I, there were other members of the coaching staff apologizing on this guy's behalf. They were like, even the players were like, look, man, I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't even know what to say. Or, you know, I don't even know what to tell you. And I was like, I guess I'm just going to take it. <laughs> there's, there's nothing nothing I can really do here. Jeez. Yeah. What, what an experience all the way around. I will say we probably did the best job that the Duquesne football staff has ever seen for their video. And they – and we got zero credit for it. Absolutely none. The film was in 15 minutes after practice was over. It used to take an hour. Like, we were motoring with this film. And we got no, no credit whatsoever. It was fun, though. We had a good time at the end yeah. of the day, like you said. Yeah, it was a great experience. I mean, we all get championship rings out of it. So, I mean, like, yeah. that's kind of takeaway. Part of a, we're all part of a championship championship team in the first playoff win ever in Duquesne football history. So 
another beat that kid. <laughs> in that playoff win. It was also pouring. I remember yeah, that. I could have swam on that field. It was cool. <laughs> People were sliding across that field by the end of the game. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to bring it all home now with the song lyric or movie quote of the day. So mine comes from Django Unchained, said by Calvin Candy, Leonardo DiCaprio's character. And he goes, gentlemen, you had my curiosity, but now you have my attention. And it's a great meme, and I just love this movie. Uh, the soundtrack is exceptional, and it's easily my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie of all time. Enough wow. said. Yeah, that's my favorite, too. That movie, I could, I, I could watch it over and over again. It's, it's a great movie. Leo, Leo does a great job in that movie. I think it's very, like, I don't know if he won any awards for that, but that was a great performance. And I can't remember the guy's name, but the so-called dentist – Basically, Schultz, man, Dr. yeah, Doctor Schultz. He does a great job in that movie too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Christopher Walken or whatever. David just changed his name to Davy Born <laughs> in reference to Davy Garcia <laughs> from the Yankees. I like that. Uh, but David, what's your song lyric or movie quote? I went song lyric, and like I do most episodes, I went Lil Uzi. Um, <laughs> so this is on the Shooter remix with Playboy Cardi. It's called Rocket, and it's stacking, racking, all hundreds I'm packing. My life, it is like a movie, minus all the acting. Jacket, jacket, yeah, it's made of rabbit. Diamonds on my neck and wrist, they complement the carrots. <laughs> Uh, I I like the the reference to rabbit and carrots there. So that's the one I went with. That's pretty cool. What song is that from? So you know Shooter? Yeah. It's uh, it's a remix. It's called Rocket. It's got an extra Uh, uh, Uzi verse at the end. All right. Yeah, that's cool. I like it. (laughs) Hunter, bring us home. I'm not going to go a specific lyric. I'm just going to go for a song. And the reason I chose this song easily by far hands down easy choice uh for for especially this moment right here the film crew anthem (laughs) taste by tiger easily play that right now like that brings back memories like 2018 i'll never like anytime that song comes on i will you know be taken back to that moment those moments i spent with you guys literally in the car, like driving around the city of Pittsburgh, (laughs) driving to wherever city to play a football game. Like that song just, you know, kind of ties us all together. And that's something that I I'll never forget. It's a good song. Don't get me wrong, but I just, it always like, I just think of you two every time I hear it. Uh, Good song though. Best anthem song. Easily. My favorite moment from the whole season was before the last game of the year, our last practice uh, before the end of the regular season. Or, you know, it might have been the second to last game against Sacred Heart where the ever-reliable DJ, Joe Baritone, queued up, we ready. <laughs> and that song got playing. He cranked it as loud as he could. I've never seen the players get more hype uh, than that moment. That was so cool. <laughs> that was sick. And then I drove David home that after that practice, and I queued that up. That was pretty good. <laughs> I think we listened to it the whole way back. Probably, yeah. But, yeah. Thou (laughs) shalt remain nameless, but if I had to hear in that year Renegade one (laughs) more time, (laughs) I would have lost it. Every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. Lost it. I had to remove it from uh, (laughs) my uh, classic rock playlist because I can't listen to that song anymore. (laughs) But, anyway, that ends our show. 
And uh, thank you so much for listening. It was fun to get the film gang back together. Hell yeah. <laughs>